It just to me, I don't see the evidence that yet, and it may happen in the future, it may be happening. I certainly think there's evidence that it's happening in Delaware. I don't see evidence that this alleged left-wing takeover of the Democratic Party is really happening. Well, we have to keep in mind that it's not a binary thing of there is a right-wing Democratic Party Mm -hmm. and then you flip a switch and then it's a left-wing Democratic Party. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that happens even within one or two election cycles. Because if you were to look at the general Democratic Party opinions on things like, um, Mm -hmm. if you even mentioned something like a Green New Deal or Medicare for All, say in 2014, then Mm -hmm. the opinions would be entirely different. But the thing is, because of the way it happened with the Bernie Sanders campaign sort of leading the left wing right. flank, there was a lot of there was like Occupy Wall Street, there was Black Lives Matter. Right. There's been left wing energy there for a while, but he sort of came out here and gave he gave this message, uh, right. and a lot of people got behind it. But there was no infrastructure behind it yet, and so over the last two to three years, you've seen the groups like Delaware United Network Delaware that are sort of trying right. to fill in that gap rapidly. And maybe it's not going to happen by 2020, but there are large movements taking place on the left that are trying to fill in those gaps. Yeah, I, I got Yeah, we don't uh, we don't have any kind of big like All right. opening. We're we're doing gotcha. it now. We're already gotcha. doing we're, we're, we clap occasionally. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, just, we're actually we're doing it now. We're doing Okay, this is the now. opening. Yeah. This so this is, is this is officially the start of the like squishy centrist pundit coming into the oh, like just leftist line. I'll tell you what, uh, you're not going to be so punchy after about an hour. <laughs> Happy to be here. By the so that's uh, uh, the voice you hear there is uh, the editor of the opinion page or section of uh, the news journal Delaware Online, Matthew Albright. He's here. <laughs> after you. after a long time of sparring on Twitter, well, I'm finally you know, that's what Twitter's face for, to after face all. with the microphones here. I like it. Yeah, so I am glad you came in, and it's funny. It's funny because, like you said, like be true to myself, yeah. and I mentioned it. I don't think the episode's out yet, but I was talking to um, Eric Morrison, mm-hmm. and I was just talking about something, and I said, you know, I don't know whether. These certain uh, legislators in Dover will be mad at me that I said this or not. Like maybe they won't, because some of them I talked to, some of them could come on. Yeah, you know, and but like I'm not gonna, like I'm not really into hearing a bunch of bullshit. Like I don't, I'm, I I want to talk to them about like real shit. Like I don't right. want to hear a bunch of beating around the edges. And I, it's like it might not be for a lot of people. Y- yeah, I mean, one of the things about Delaware that drives me a little nuts is that like. People are so unwilling to call bullshit on each other, um, like to a fault, like to the point where I wish more people would call bullshit on me. <laughs> frankly, you know, get ready. I'll, I'll, I'll write, yeah, I'll write a news story or a column, and I'll hear like two weeks later somebody be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, that news story was uh, or that column was that was some that was terrible. Like you missed this, you missed this." I was like, "Come on, man, tell me about this. Like I'm not gonna be offended." And just people here think because there's sort of this like really small town atmosphere and everybody knows everybody as everybody's related to each other. Like it can be difficult. So I think having some amount of like just real talk in the political bloodstream is well. Good. We, in the bunker, we thrive on real talk. <laughs> good. Um, uh, speaking speaking of which, yeah. Um, and I think it's important to note now because I was I was speaking to someone. Uh, about you coming in today just because I bounce there's there's about 10 or 12 people that like I know listen or know me and can kind of like give me an idea of like either what we should talk about or how I'm doing or 
And a, a third person of those people sort of mentioned to me today, like, yeah, you know, that this and that. And that. I said, you know, I, I think it would you, the, the thing would be a lot better the less ad hominems there are. Right. And I went, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> number one, number one, ad hominems are fucking hilarious. That's the first thing. Done right. The, Done I, right, I agree. Well, I'm a fucking master. Everybody knows <laughs> that. That's, that's one. The, the second issue is... <clears throat> That there's this idea, and maybe we'll get into it together, because I think you possibly, I don't know, I don't want to say you share the idea, we don't know yet, but you, you, you're probably receptive to this idea, um, that somehow our, our social and political problems are like math. And if you use the right ra reason and rationale right. and you don't fall into some sort of lo logistical, you know, if you don't use ad hominems or any true Scotsman or some kind of logistical fallacy, yeah. that somehow you're going to figure it out. Right. And none of the stuff that we're doing politically works like that. Right. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like none of it. So here's, here's what I would say about that. It's like it, ad hominems depend upon the, the, like, the context. Is it fun on Twitter? Absolutely. I mean, I love like, you know, like, when I like like a troll... Or like the fake Mike Przicki account, like calling account's me, like, not fake. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Why would you say that? That's actually Mike Przicki. Yeah, that is actually Mike Przicki. Like when it when it's like saying you know Matt Albright is the tool of the wealthy corporate elite. Yeah, like some of the stuff is pretty hilarious. I and mean, like, it's 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 actually huge if true. Uh, <laughs> so like I like it depends upon the venue. To me and, and and what you're talking about, it undermines your persuasiveness and i still think that persuasiveness is important in politics when you're talking about serious issues with people who genuinely disagree with you and you just go you're a moron yeah again i i i, I don't just say you're a moron i usually say something that's more colorful and more interesting and also i explain why the person's a moron um, but but here's my point. On is top like, of which, well, here's what I want to yeah. say. There are see, you think I'm talking to people who I'm necessarily trying to persuade, and and I, I'm really not. Like I'm telling you that this is what I think, and this is what, I, and we have these conversations and talk about shit. I frankly don't like. I want people to 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 think about these things in a different kind of way. Right. But like, I'm not going to spoon feed it to you. Right, and and I think that the people that are persuadable, right, or teachable, that 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 uh, the, the number of those people are very small, right. So I, I, I you know, you're either going to like what I'm doing as sort of the thing I'm doing or not. I don't I don't know whether there's a lot of people that are open minded enough to even listen to anything anybody has to say. To be perfectly honest, yeah. Well, and that's the issue. I mean, so this gets to build a political movement that has enough juice. To really get anything done, no political movement, whether it's like hardcore republicanism, squishy centrism, or you know leftism, there just none of these movements have enough people to get fifty votes in the Senate, left alone sixty votes in the Senate. Well, and first so of all, this idea. First of all, again, yeah, what you, you're 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 talking about the wrong shit. So I, I just want to stop it now before, so we can get to the thing that I prepared. Yes. Because this idea about getting things done is a very squishy idea. What is that? We don't know what that means. Well, I don't think it's squishy. The, it's the, actually uh, passing uh, legislation uh, and yeah, getting people elected. Yeah, you have to. But but that legislation, legislation, the stuff I'm talking about comes along maybe once every twenty years. We haven't passed any big legislation. Like, what's the last big legislation? So that I guess the Delaware would, General would, Assembly. Oh, passed? Delaware General Assembly. All right. So that's a different question, and I actually think we probably agree on Delaware. 
It's I a think, joke. Yes, it's I think the Delaware General Assembly is sort of too far on the other side of the scale when it comes to ambition for policy in Congress. Again, well, I guess, and that's the thing, because it's yeah. so close to us, I use yes. that as an example. Yeah. It's illustrative yeah. of, like, that's Absolutely. like, we don't want to make, you know, some f- fucking chud in western Sussex County mad, so we don't, like... <sighs> well, yeah, so the... I, issue- again, what, what you're talking about is not what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I... You're talking I, about I passing some now. anodyne yeah. legislation that says... Oh, now we have a law that we can charge you if you don't lock up your gun properly and they take it from your home right. and you don't report it, which never happens. It will never be used. It, it's, it's, a, it's it's just a tool to sort of try right. like to... The bump that, stock ban. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, luckily, we haven't had any kind of major uh, right. event in, in Delaware because it's so small. And there's, you know, I don't, I, we, could, we could very well have one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, th- the fact of it is all, the bump stock ban... And this lock lock your gun up. Now they did file a bunch of things today that maybe will be a little more. We'll see right. where they go. Yeah. But like that's what you're talking about is coming together to pass legislation that does nothing. So I now that I know we're talking about the General Assembly, I, I do want to say that I don't necessarily entirely agree with you disagree with you that they are not ambitious enough with their policies. I mean, this is something I write about a lot in the education front. They make little tiny changes to our education system when we know that our education system fundamentally disadvantages poor kids, black kids, particularly city kids. And there's big issues, and they only want to pass, like, well, we're going to, you know, marginally increase a unit for Yeah, education. again, like, I would make an argument, and I've made an argument mm-hmm. here. The, 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 if, if we're going to have these LLCs, mm-hmm. and they're going to launder money through this state. Right. And they're, they're going to secretly launder money through this state. I want a bigger cut of that. Those should be quadrupled. The fees should be quadrupled at least right. next year. And you take that money, maybe raise it five times or six times, Mm -hmm. and take that money and build schools that are just as good as Tower Hill for everybody. Now, the fact that we don't look, you know, you can charge these people to launder money. They're not. They have. They they have very few places to go. Right. In the United States, anyway. You see, I don't know that that's true, though. Is oh, they're going to run away. Are we going to? Are we going to force force the criminals away? So here's the thing: is I I get where you're coming from. Delaware is a blue state. Gets a blue state government with red state taxes. Has very low taxes and it has relative to other states a very high amount of government spending. And it's this kind of stuff that gets it for Delawareans. And I think most Delawareans are not as woke <laughs> as you are about this stuff. Yeah. And I you mean, need to be able to persuade them yeah, to jump on board with look, this. The, the news journal's done very, very uh, good work around this. Not as much as I would like to see, yeah. but at least more than there has been done in the 20 years before. Right. But like, if I look, these LLCs are mechanisms by which either rich people just skirt taxes or people launder money and do illegal shit. Right. That's what they're there for. You wouldn't need to do you or, or do gray area, mm-hmm. hide stuff from your spouse, hide stuff from your business right. partners. You wouldn't need all of these protections. You wouldn't need a chancery court, which is a, a court we set up just for you. Like, we have a court here, so when you incorporate here and get all of our fancy law right. rules, we also, you, you can never be sued because you just go to the court that's built and and maintained for you it you don't understand that the structures that are behind this that are fucking killing us and 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 it's like well i don't know a lot of like if people don't recognize that then i'm just going to make fun of those people right because it's almost like i have there's nothing else i can do well you've you've reported you guys have reported on this as as clear as you can report Mm -hmm. on it and so who who people they don't they just don't care right 
So not to get into the, like I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of Chancery Court and all this kind of stuff. No, I don't no, think I'm, I'm just using that. that. I'm just using that as an but example. Yes, but let's like if if we accept the premise that all of this is a big evil thing that is immoral, then you need to go out and convince enough Delawareans to be pissed about this that the General Assembly is going to change it. You and a small number of people like you shouting about it is never actually going to change anything. Well, I think I do more than shout about it. Well, yeah. No, are, but you, you, are you, you paying get, attention? You get, are you, you paying closer attention? You, you get what I mean by shout oh, about it. Though. Yes. People don't like to be called names. And they right. don't like to be called dumb. And they want to be spoon-fed. That's for other people to do. Right. That's not for me to do. For me is to, is to bang a sledgehammer on the fucking wall. <laughs> and if a few cracks come out, then we can exploit. Then the nice people can come and exploit those cracks. The nice people. Yeah, and like people that have better <laughs> demeanors and speak, you know, to people or do sort of what Carrie Harris says, you know, tell them to go to hell, but thank them on the way. They thank you on the way down. Well, and like so, that's for other people to do. That's not for me to do. I guess my problem is who are the nice people in the in the. And I I want to be careful when I say the progressive movement here because that's like a really squishy term. But I don't know what word you would use. I mean, leftist movement. Well, I'll, I'll, nice I'll give you a perfect example. There was a huge, now I don't know what the crowd size was, but I know that the, the uh, Moms Demand Justice, yeah. and there was a huge group there today that they spoke. Mm -hmm. I know uh, a few people that, I, I know Sarah McBride was there, I know it was a big right. group, Kobe Owens was yep. there, a whole big yep. thing. Absolutely. And then they had a counter protest, right? Mm -hmm. so they, they, because the gun lobby can, and they can, they can organize people to come out. And so a woman was speaking, apparently, this was reported, I should give him credit, uh, Matt Biddle reported this. Right. A woman was speaking about her son being uh, killed in gun violence, mm -hmm. and they st to, to drown her out, the, they, the gun lobbyist protester people started singing uh, God Bless America, America the Beautiful or right. something. Now, what do you think I'm going to convince those people of? I don't know that those are the people you're trying to convince. Correct. Also, how nice do you think you have to be to be telling a story about your slaughtered son? While people try, while people wave the Gatson flag and try to drown you out singing, and not go over there and punch somebody in the mouth, you got to be real fucking nice. <laughs> so the idea that there aren't nice, like the idea that there aren't groups doing regular lobbying and trying, I did it. I mean, I had a whole episode here yep. with with Carrie talking about going and visiting right. Lisa Blunt Rochester, you know, and I'm trying to do that too. And there are a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of groups really engaging with people. Network Delaware is doing it. I yeah. can't wait. Uh, Look, uh, Megan make, make Hart's coming in here. Let there's be... plenty of people. There's plenty of people that are doing really hard work without go, resorting to the tactics that I resort to. Right. I just like to resort yeah. to them. <laughs> no, no, I get it. And let me go on the record as saying I think what Network Delaware is doing is amazing work. I don't agree with everybody politically. You know, there are people who are Network Delaware candidates that, you know, I disagree with their policy ideas. But the fact that they're getting just folks teaching them how to get involved in the political process is awesome tons of stuff. yeah and to me the issue is that is new that's within the last what three years right and if i were a progressive i mean i'm excited about it just in general i wish that everybody you know i wish every side of the political spectrum had something like network delaware but if i were progressive that's what i'd be excited about i wouldn't be excited about trying to bump off tom carper trying to bump off um chris coons we gotta be excited about all of it because tom carper and chris coons are garbage I mean, I know that they come in and you like when the editorial board gets to talk to them and you get a photo with them and all that. Those people are the kinds of people who set up this system mm -hmm. where people launder money through the state. And they set up that court so that, so that the corporations have a special court to go to. They set all this up. Right. So the idea that 
that the left or people who are doing organizing and activism shouldn't be looking to bump these people off mm -hmm. is nonsense talk. We should be looking to retire these people as quickly as possible because they're trying to kill us. The reason the schools suck, as you said, yeah. the reason that we have homelessness and crime problems is a direct result of the leadership of the people that you're talking about. I don't know that that's true. That's absolutely true. It's... Thomas Carper was the treasurer of this state. Yeah. When the apparatus was built and the infrastructure was built for the, for all of this corporate, for, to, to bring the banks here with no usury and to mm -hmm. bring the LLCs here, Thomas Carper is, is, the, is an architect of this. He's a despicable person. And, see, he can, and he's nice to you because he's a politician. Well, I'm, he I'm, set this up. The reason yeah. that we're here is because of what he did. You see, I'm not going to stand here and let you tell me, just being honest here, like we said, this is real talk. Sure. That I am not sufficiently tough on Tom Carper because I like being in meetings with him. That's false. It just ain't right. Okay. I, you know, we called Tom Carper, we called Tom Carper out, we called Tom Chris Coons out on stuff whenever we feel as an editorial board or me as a columnist that they've done something wrong. Here's the issue. The what, fucking paper endorsed him. Yes, yeah, because he was Get running against somebody, as we said, in who the has better politics. Well, we don't agree with Kerry's politics. That was the whole point. And this is a subjective. So judgment. you would rather have somebody with politics you agree with that set up this whole apparatus any, the only people that can get blamed for the position that we're in were the people that had power and set it up. So the fact that you agree with his politics makes you suspect. You see, You're this, suspect. this is the kind of attitude that is going to make progressives hard to elect. This is the kind I'm of... I'm not a progressive, my dude. <laughs> well... Like, I'm not a progressive... Progress I don't even know what that means, first of all. I'm though. a leftist. I'm leftist. a leftist Marxist. Leftist Marxist. Yeah, my, my, economic, my economic view is a Marxist economic view. And my political... Where I would put myself in the political spectrum is to the left of Bernie. The vast majority of Americans. I don't care. But you see, this is your problem. This no, is it's why... not my problem. Because, <laughs> so, because I'm not trying to persuade anybody. I thought we, I thought we, 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 mm -hmm. we got to that. Let's do this. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's make well, this no, a little no, no. bit... Let me, let, me, oh, yes, yeah, let, yes. let me weigh in on this first, Please. though. Is yep. If you're not trying to persuade anybody, and you don't care how many people agree with you, that's great. That's like an artist, right? You're basically well, an artist. To me, the art of engaging in politics ought to actually be to accomplish stuff. It ought to be to actually change the system to make it better and just shouting at people that you don't understand and you're supporting a guy who built this system that's led to the destruction of people does nothing to actually change. How many people, how many people uh, that you're talking about that need to be persuaded even, even know that Carper was the treasurer of the state that basically built this system? Now, I bet you a lot of people didn't. And I also bet Tom you a Carper lot Tom Carper has pretty high name recognition. <laughs> this is my only point. What, what, what does that mean? It means that so lots people of people know the do name know who Tom, Tom Carper is. They know who he is. Right. Yeah, it's like knowing I know Joe Biden because I saw him in the fucking charcoal pit. Like, I know they know who he is. He's famous, like a, right. like an actor, like a movie actor or an athlete. Right. Like, I get that so, part of it. I don't necessarily no, I get disagree that, with that. But I don't care about that. The goal, though, if the goal is to actually throw Tom Carper out of office, right? If you actually, if you don't like Tom Carper, if you think that Tom Carper is a bad senator and you want him out of office, you ought to be out there persuading people that. Yeah, I mean, we're building a team. I agree with that. I, and, I, and look, I, I would agree with that, by the way, in Delaware. That yeah. in Delaware, this has not existed. They're starting to build it. My question yes. is, how I mean, I mean, long does it network, take to build yeah, something? You said it about yeah, Network exactly. Delaware. It's a, it's a new thing. And I'll, I'll take that point. 
the point I won't take is taking any kind of leftist organizing advice from you. <laughs> That's fair. You don't know what the fuck. I would definitely about. not seek leftist yeah, organizing advice from you. We're taking zero me. advice from <laughs> you. So here's what I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. and I and I selected a um, and I want uh, Super Producer Carl was on the knobs and uh, on the mic as you heard earlier. I, I like his opinion on this. Are we gonna too. get some logo hot takes, some political logo hot takes? <sighs> Come on, he loves. <laughs> that does not translate very well. auditory media. He, he could he could verbally describe the um, the space between the letters and font. <laughs> that Kerning, what is it called? Kerning, yes. Kerning, yes. Yeah, see, he uh, knows that. So here here's here's what I had planned. And you will enjoy I think I this. Read this story. I'm, well, here's the funny thing. Yeah. I'm sure you read this story <laughs> because it was on the website Vox, and there's no more squishy centrist moderate bullshit on the internet than Vox. So this is the Vox thing. So you're familiar. And again, yeah. I, I, I'm going to read through it, and we can talk about it. Yeah. I know you're. I'm familiar too, but yeah. it's just for the thing, you know. Absolutely. So, so uh, Zach uh, Beauchamp in uh, Vox mm-hmm. interviewed. Uh, a so Brad DeLong is an economist at the University of California, Berkeley. Clinton, DeLong right? served uh, as a deputy assistant secretary of treasury for economic policy in the Clinton administration. Uh, he was one of the market friendly quote neoliberal Democrats who have dominated the party for the last he 20 years. He was like years. in the running for neoliberal shill of the year on the, yeah. the Twitter. And again, he t- he the term he uses for himself is quote Reuben Democrat. So you can understand. I don't know how those. That seems like a fucking oxymoron to me. I know. I know how big a fan. It's like you are. a jumbo like shrimp. Ruben. I mean, anybody. Look, we've talked about this before too. We got at these the big bankers. I mean, Goldman. It's a revolving door with Goldman Sachs and the right. I mean, whatever. Every, everybody knows how awful yep. that is. <clears throat> so he has basically hasn't. You know, he still believes what he believes, but he understands that he's lost the politics. Like, they've done this for 20 years. It's basically a failure in the sense that politics is complete. It, you know, we, we have Trump. Right. We have big problems. So that neoliberal third way, he's looking at it as a failure. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's uh, Beauchamp interviews him. Uh, so this is good. We'll start at the beginning of the yeah, interview. Yeah. So oh, man, you got this all highlighted and stuff? I mean, you I read it a few times. Man. I mean, I'm not a, you know... This is high quality research material. Only because you're coming in. <laughs> and I did, you know, it, it would be like punching down, except you're the editor oh, yes, of the yeah. opinion best section. <laughs> that was one of the best jokes I ever I told that to Adam. I was so happy that it just came to me. I bet he appreciated that. He did. <clears throat> so, uh, he, he, uh, Beauchamp says, I want to start with your notion of, quote, Reuben Democrats. What does that mean exactly? What was the movement you identify with? He said, I, I would say it's largely neoliberal market-oriented and market regulation and tuning aimed to social democratic ends. It also involves taking a step in the direction of appeasing conservative priorities. The belief that if you have a broad coalition behind such policy, it will be much more strongly entrenched in America and much better implemented than if it were implemented by a narrow, largely partisan majority. And Reuben Democrats believe you should prioritize economic growth. Once you have economic growth, electorate, uh, electorates want to become a lot less grinchy and less likely to feel that the redistribution to the poor is coming out of its hide, yeah. making them posit- uh, uh, positively worse off. Economic growth first, redistribution, beefing up the social, social safety net second. Senator Beauchamp says. 
So just real quick, the part of that that I agree with is that when you build large coalitions, when you do the hard work of compromise and consensus building, stuff does tend to last longer. Yeah, well, th and and we'll get to why yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, realizes gotcha. that that's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> that's just what this all. So uh, here's a, here's a right. spoiler alert. <laughs> he realizes it didn't work. <clears throat> what you're describing is a broad theory of political of the uh, political economy in which a vision for what economic policies are best intertwined with a particular view of what makes policies popular and sustainable. You say something about this is wrong. Do you think it's the political part, the economic part? or both, then he says. We were certainly wrong, 100% wrong, on the politics. Barack Obama rolls into office with Mitt Romney's health care policy, with John McCain's climate policy, with Bill Clinton's tax policy, and George H.W. Bush's foreign policy. He's all these things, not because the technocrats in his administration think they're the best possible policies, but because David Oxelrod and company say they poll well. And Rob Emanuel and company say, We've got to build bridges to the Republicans. We've got to let Republicans amend cap and trade up the wazoo. We have to let Republicans amend the Affordable Care Act up the wazoo before it comes to the final vote. We've got to tread very lightly with, finan with finance on Dodd-Frank. We have to do a very premature pivot away from recession recovery to, quote, entitlement reform. It's mm -hmm. a caveat from me. If you remember also on that, Obama, I think, proposed with the big grand bargain to raise the uh, uh, Social Security age. Mm -hmm. Right, trying uh, to you know he's trying to get a, trying to build consensus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah trying to build consensus. <laughs> All of these with the idea that he would then collect a broad political coalition behind what is indeed Mitt Romney's health care policy, John McCain's climate policy, and George H. W. Bush's foreign policy. And did George H. W. Bush, did Mitt Romney, did John McCain say a single good word about anything Barack Obama ever did over the course of a solid eight years? Mm -hmm. No, they fucking did not. And that's a quote from DeLong. Yep. No allegiance to truth on anything other than the belief that John Boehner, Paul Ryan, and Mitch McConnell are the leaders of the Republican Party. And since they've decided on scorched earth, we're back to, uh, we'll, we'll back them to the hilt. Mm -hmm. So the politics were completely wrong. And we saw this starting back in the Clinton administration. Today, there's literally nobody on the right between those frantically accommodating Donald Trump on one hand and us on the other, except our brave friends, whatever you want to call them, in exile at the Cato Institute now trying to build something <laughs> from the ruins. There is there's simply no political place for neoliberals to lead with good policies that make a concession to right-wing concerns. Right. So there's, Let me repeat that. Yeah, yeah. There's simply no political place for neoliberals to lead with good policies that make a concession to right-wing concerns. So there's two things here. There's the right thing to do, and then there's the political thing to do. That's something he said, right? Uh, I mean, did he... So the, the political thing, let's talk about the politics here. To me, the way this works, if, you, if the Democrats decide to say, screw it, we're going to be like the Republicans, we're going to do what we want, we're going to pitch what we want, and we're not even going to consider what they say, you have a relatively small percentage of Democratic base, whatever you call that, that turns out. For I'm, as one example of this, you know, he talks about the Obama administration as some spectacular failure. Poll Democrats and see what they think of the Obama administration, and it's a pretty big damn majority that says they think he was a success. And so, if you have somebody out here who's saying, you know, um, Obama was a failure, this is all a failure, we need to fundamentally reform where we're going, are you going to have people turn out? One of the simple disadvantages that Democrats have 
is that Republicans will turn out, period. They have one monolithic base that they can cater to easily and they will turn out. So it is more politically advantageous for them to play base politics than it is for Democrats. Carl. <laughs> yes, Rob. I, I, can, you say, can, you, can you make a comment on this? I, there's things I want to say, but I'm not going to say them right now. Going back to the point about how a lot of Democrats still like Obama, which is definitely true. If you talk to most Democrats, they, they love Obama. Yeah, but if you look at the actual material things that he did, and he did do, he did a lot of bad things, but he did some good things and right. some actual positive changes to our society. But if you look at basically anything that people would mark as his administration doing a good thing, basically all of it was done without the input of Republicans. So right. stuff like well, Obamacare the back even, half, Yeah, and the back DACA, half of his term is basically like, all right, Paris like, climate we accords. tried this and yep. I'm done playing games. And so that's why people, they like it that he did the things and, and that he was a calming presence. They didn't like that he, nego he negotiated. Well, and, and here's part of my point about Obama. The, the theory in this piece that you're citing is that Obama didn't believe in the stuff that he was doing because he wanted to get Republican votes. Well, halfway through his term, he fairly clearly decided, screw it, I'm not going to convince any of these people. And he didn't all of a sudden turn into a leftist. Uh, yeah, but he still put on the table a grand bargain that would have raised the Social Security age. I mean, he kept trying until like point. 2013 and 2014. Yeah, my there point is that it wasn't the thing I disagree with the piece you're signing. Uh, on you is, think he would have done well? I mean, he says that he. I mean, he's on record as far as healthcare is concerned. That's that said that you know he just he just proposed what he thought was politically feasible. Yeah, and so but you, that doesn't necessarily mean he was trying to court Republicans. I mean, there's a lot of Democrats. They definitely who, were. That like it was clear early on that they were trying to get some Republicans, but. It became clear later, clearly that it was not going to work. I just question the premise that the fundamental story of Obama's presidency is that he was trying to court Republicans. I, I, I don't know if that's the fundamental story, but I think there's there's no reason... Well, I mean, he had Tim Geith. He had a lot of Republicans and Republican-adjacent people in yeah, his cabinet. Who was, who were... was the first Secretary of Defense? Oh, what was his name? <laughs> I forget. I forget, but I remember every neocon... I guess my point is that... Obama is not a leftist. He's, you know, argue. You could argue whether or not he's a progressive, and he was that way because I think that's what the Democratic Party wants. Well, the Democratic Party in two thousand eight is a lot different than the Democratic Party in twenty twenty. And I especially think after one, going through the, I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I think one of the questions is how different is. It? Well, well, I think well, the base is material yeah. a lot different now because yeah. we have a lot of young like, people, a lot yeah. more people of color who have just been. But we also, the issue is that there's also a lot more people who live in areas like this, yeah. in the Highlands, who um, do have a material interest in things staying the way they are. I just disagree with those people fundamentally and don't necessarily think they should be in the same party. Yes, and that's the thing. I mean, we've talked about that before. About, that's I mean, a problem with the mayor because yeah. these people change their... Uh, which, again, it's by the rules, but yeah. you can see that Republicans change their uh, affiliation to Democrat. And enough of them did it. Now Przicki's the mayor, but those people certainly aren't Democrats in any right. sense of the word. Like Przicki's not a Democrat, <laughs> or Carney's not. I mean, it's not even funny. I mean, it's just a fact. Like I, what, what what you think of a Dem? I mean, the, you can't compare a John Car John Carney is not in the same party as Franklin Roosevelt. So when you use I words like Democrats like Obama, he's in the same okay. party as Bill Clinton. Uh, yeah, that's the fucking problem, right? I <laughs> Look, mean, yeah. That's I mean, the... but this is my point, is that, like, progressives try to define the Democratic Party as a progressive party, 
and a huge swath of Look, the Democratic electorate is not progressive. Well, again, I don't. The Democratic electorate is 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 for five hundred people that change their party affiliation in the Highlands. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. But those are the, the idea is going to get you elected. No, they're not. No, actually, they're not. They're going to get Przicki elected. They're going to get Przicki elected. They're not going to get. Here, that's the problem. Right. Those people aren't going to get anybody elected that I want to see elected. So I'm not going to. Like they, they, we can talk, but those people have terrible politics. And so I have to go out and find new people. Right. Because fuck these people. <laughs> no, I'm being yeah, serious. No, I... You you think that because they changed their party affiliation to vote for fucking Przicki, mm -hmm. that now they're in the Democrat, quote unquote, Democratic Party, and right. I have to convince those people of something. I mean, no, I have to, to win find, an election. No. I have to find more people. Okay. I have to go out and enfranchise the people yep. that they disenfranchise. I have to find people that aren't engaged because they've given right. up and they're hopeless because they're homeless or addicted or they've never gotten a break in their fucking life. And that, so that's sort of the progressive leftist theory, right? Is that there's this huge block of people. I, I don't know who, how big it is, but I know yeah, it's big enough. It's big enough to win an election, you think? I mean, if it is, how there's many a lot of slack in our electoral system. How many, how right, many, right, how many people go. voted? How many people voted for governor the last time? Do you know? I don't know the number off the top of my head. How many people are it's, over the age of 18 and Delaware residents? Well, but here's my question. What percentage is that, of those, if you did the ratio, what the, what's the percentage of those things? I don't know it off the top of my head. My of point, course, but it's huge. Yeah, 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 it is. Obviously. So let's yeah, not mock it. Like, is there enough people? Yeah, no, well, obviously, my, obviously, there's enough My question people. is, are those people not voting because they have ambitions for they want what they want government to do that government is not meeting? Or are they not voting because they just don't care? We're going to find out. But it's probably a bit of both, and we're going to find out. Yeah, look, and I don't disagree with that. And I think that's why... Because the strategy is yeah. that the people that you're talking about in mm -hmm. the Democratic base who vote, right. they don't vote right. <laughs> yeah, look, and look... If so we gotta all, find new. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go convince new people. If there are all these new people out here, and you can get enough of them to overturn the system, then all the more power to you. That's the plan. I do think, by the way, that that's why when it comes to progressivism in Delaware, stuff like Delaware United and Newark Delaware, that's where the excitement ought to be. That's because that's do I not find those people? Are you not excited? excited? Aren't you excited? I'm extremely excited. I'm excited. <laughs> are you trying yeah. to say we're not excited? No, I guess my question is so much energy gets poured into let's bump off Tom Carper, let's bump off it's all, what, what? Chris Coons. Well, yeah. I can speak that a lot of people did learn a lesson from that and things are changing going forward. Then? Yes, and that, I mean, obviously we'll be, here's the thing. Yeah. What Kerry Harris did, for example, mm -hmm. was extremely important. Mm -hmm. She has a... Uh, we've wiggled our way into the Democratic Party. Yep. And so let's not, let's not say that the project of trying to retire Tom Carper was a fool's project. Because I'll tell you something. Yeah. People know who Kerry is now, and she walks into people's offices now. And she has a position in this in the in the party now. Yep. And and let me tell you, people are very. Let's but, just say this: the establishment people that you're yep. talking about spend a lot of time wondering what the fuck she's going to do. So the position that she got in the party was through the official Democratic Party, which is a relatively obscure institution that not a lot of people participate in. Oh wait a minute. I th okay. Well, there's the official and like the metaphorical position that you yeah has. yeah yeah and look let me like yes I'm 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 using that as a an example of yes. again but there's that official sort of obscure uh, you know uh, committee woman yes I, I get that yeah I, I get that part so but but, but you also know you yeah. also know that the people that you're talking about yeah who should they spend a lot of time and their staff spends a lot of time 
just as a, wondering what her and people who believe as she does are going to do. Yeah, I guarantee you that Lisa Blunt Rochester's people spent a lot of time wondering what Scott Walker was going to do, and his campaign headquarters got stuck in the mud on election day. Well, I mean, <laughs> like he's not really, off his car now. It's really and, and by the way, I do not in Actually, any. Uh, Carl's a, a good friend of Scott Walker. I, I do not yeah, in met each other. any way want to <laughs> compare Terry Harris to Scott Walker because I think you know. Look, I moderated that debate that I think she killed in, and she is a very. Um, I, I'm, and she's I'm just a very using, persuasive public speaker. And I don't want this to be some yeah. sort of thing. I'm just using her as an example. Yeah, no, I get of, it. Of of like, <clears throat> you can you can you can sort of poo poo, which is like the the Delaware way of doing it. Like you're gonna you're gonna challenge Tom Carper. No, look, people. I am, but as, I think as what, we she, wrote what I'm the, saying is that yeah. was a very very productive thing that she. Made. As we wrote in the editorial endorsing Tom Carper, we are very glad that Carrie Harris ran this race. I don't want to hear that shit. Shut no, up. but here's the thing. No, I, I don't. You know what? Don't I, don't, I, don't, I, don't. I don't like that. Those throwing lines and and it, don't, no, don't don't fucking piss me the, off. The only reason why I'm saying that is to say that I actually do think that everybody ought to get a freaking primary. I think Carney ought to get a primary. I think Coons ought to get a primary. I think every member well, of the general assembly ought to get a primary. Like why should that be? Why should that? Why is that something you're spending your resources on? Well, I'm, and it's I'm not, explaining it's not about, to you, and I'm, ex- yeah. well, I'm and not just your money, but your, your 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 time and your effort. Why did the left do that? And if, you were like, they should be doing this and not doing that. It's, I just explained to you why they yeah, should yeah. be doing that, and you said that you wrote it in the paper that you're glad that they did it. Well, no, but here's my point: is it's not a function of how much in an election cycle energy did you spend. It's what if all the people who were engaged with Kerry Harris were in Dover day in day out arguing for gun legislation what if they were done a lot of them are yeah many of them there's about 100 to 200 people who volunteered for a campaign I've talked with the people the volunteer coordinators who said there are over 100 people who volunteered with her who had never volunteered with anybody before and you had the same thing with the Bernie Sanders campaign in Delaware you had the same thing with the Eugene Young campaign a lot of people who had never gotten involved before every day I went to Gary's office and that's these are the things that build that base that expand that movement if so Great. Every I'm day I went to Carrie's office, I saw Kobe Owens every day. Mm-hmm. He was always there. You can't miss him. <laughs> He's always <laughs> everywhere. He's everywhere. You can't. I mean, it's the bullhorn <laughs> in the Tim's mouth, my friend. It's just fucking what he does. Speaking of primaries, but uh, <laughs> but but again, so and he was there. And who was there today, taking a photo of the youth activists who were with the uh, the, the Miles right. for Justice? Kobe Owens. So you have this idea that for some reason in your head, these two things aren't coming together. <laughs> like these are the same people. It's the same shit. Well, but like it's the same shit that's happening. You if, get that, right? If it is, it's great. And again, this is why I'm most excited about stuff like the network and the if you know this. And again, I would love it if there was a Republican version of this. Everybody ought to have an organization that gets them focused on local politics. And if that is what the progressive movement is doing, then great, they have a future. I you know. Well, I'm I glad, don't know I'm, whether I'm glad that, that you happened. think that they have a future. Good for you. <laughs> Here's the next. Here's the next little bit of this. Yeah. So this is Beauchamp, right? Let's talk a little bit about intra-democratic fighting. When you say, "quote pass the baton to the left," mm-hmm. does this mean give up on substan on substantive 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 Jesus Christ policies where you, meaning Reuben Democrats, disagree with the left? No, it means arguing with them, which we're doing to the extent that their policies are going to be wrong and destructive, but also accept that there is no political path to a coalition built from the Rubin Center out. Mm -hmm. Instead, we accommodate ourselves to those on the left. Accommodate yourselves to those on the left. To the extent that they will not respond to our concerns, 
What they are proposing is a hell of a lot better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. That's either Trump's proposals or the current status. Did you catch that? Yes. The poke in the eye with the sharp stick is Trump's proposals or the current status. Yes. Either one. Yep. Um, a couple of things about that. The first is this notion that, that he has in the top about we don't give up, we just argue within our party. I'm actually a big fan of that, and I think this whole notion of, oh, well, Democrats are going to tear themselves apart and we can't have competitive primaries because it takes all the energy out is just wrong. Like, I think it's good for a party to have a rigorous internal debate about what they want because that's how you end up with a stronger party coming out of it. You see, and this is why, again, I am very happy when I see people challenge guys like Tom Carper and Chris Coons and John Carney. Like, with Carper... I end up ideologically agreeing with Carper Moore. But the fact that your primary was good, everybody ought to have to fight for their office. Um, the second point in there about the, the thing that you're really excited about, about the status quo, is, um, you know, there's a difference between the sort of like grand ideology of what the status quo is and what the status quo means from cycle to cycle, from legislature to legislature. Um, you can have the same basic theory of governing, but adjust to what issues you're pushing. And if maybe what happens here is the progressive party, like in Delaware, pushes the, you know, the Senate and the House leadership and the governor to do some stuff that they would be too scared to do if they didn't have this. So it doesn't necessarily just mean we got to throw the whole damn system out and restart over. It definitely means that. <laughs> but I understand, like, I, I understand the, the premise of what you're saying. Right. But again, if you look at it from a sort of a different perspective, you pull back yep. a little bit. I mean, you know, both both leaders of uh, the was it the Senate? Because the Speaker of the House is still there. We got to deal yeah. with him some other time. <laughs> that guy's a fucking frog and a half, isn't he? <laughs> um, but you know, Lavelle going was huge. Simpler, right. simpler has been made fucking irrelevant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's. If you look at it piece by piece, and I'll tell you exactly what I've told Drew Series in private. If you if you fight everywhere, right, and you win two or three every two years, mm -hmm. in ten years you have a coup. Like it's over. Yeah, it's a slam dunk then because we're already you know a couple just just finally now some mm -hmm. of the some of the. Um, more wishy-washy Democrats are starting to come around a little bit. Yeah. You get a few more. You get fucking Qualco in a few ears. So. <laughs> we'll do it. So here's. Like, here's, that's my thing. You yeah. see it. You can see it happening. You see what the way the trend is going. Right. So, but here's the thing is the issues that you're talking about, like gun control, there's broad consensus across the Democrats. I don't care about gun control. Look. Yeah. Okay, so I the question is going to be when you get I mean, to, I'm happy. I, let me, let yeah. me, let me, if, let me clarify because yeah. people take it out of context. Like, like, yes, I, I'm, I, I think that, um. You know, people have the right to a gun. I think that's pretty clear. The the, the 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 rules on that should be extremely strict, stricter than they are to own a car. <laughs> you should have insurance, all kinds of shit. But and so I and so I appreciate the fact that they're trying to little by little make yep. them stri more strict and yep. make them more restrictive. Yep. That's perfectly fine. But what I mean is, what they can do considering the um, climate. I mean, right. You saw you saw in Dover yep. today. Considering the climate, what they can do really is going to have 
zero mm-hmm. impact on any right. of that. For, 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 yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I again, get, and I, I think, and I would argue, and I wonder what, what Carl thinks about this, I would argue that the reason that there's consensus across the Democratic Party mm-hmm. is because they know that, like, it's not really going to do anything. <laughs> so they're lucky. Like a Brian Townsend type is like, yes, I can get out there and give like a great speech. And it's really not going to do that much. No, I don't, I don't think that. Well, I think there's an element that it won't be controversial, at least in the Democratic Party, but that is because of the work of decades of guns right or yeah. gun control advocates fair. Fair. who are doing things like the progressive movement is doing today. So my what I wonder is happening, and I'm not in John Carney's head, so I don't know about this. I'm not in all their heads. <laughs> there's only, the only thing there is a pile of fucking <laughs> worms. <laughs> um, th- what I suspect is going on is that the sort of Carney-esque wing of the party is thinking, this is what I would be thinking if I agreed with them, which I often don't, is um, what can we do that will get these new progressives excited but won't actually push me to the left? So to me, the question isn't gun control. The question isn't like, you know, trans rights, because I guarantee you that comes up again at some point. The question is going to be when John Kowalka runs his tax bills like he always does, and we're talking about dramatically increasing taxes on the wealthy. Dramatically. Well, dramatically. Nice for, adjective. Look, 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 dramatically for Delaware standards. Okay, thanks for qualifying. <laughs> dramatically by Delaware standards. That's when we're going to see how much is the Democratic Party in Delaware really being put to pushed to the left. It has definitely changed because I know I was on Laura Sturgeon's campaign. One of yep. the things that she ran on was basically a junk Walco like tax um, bracket system. Like that was right. on the site. Right. Uh, she ran in the richest district in the entire state on it, and she won by six points against Greg Lavelle, who'd been there for yeah, 20 yeah. years. But my question is, did she win because people looked at that platform and said, yeah, I'm here for this, or did she win? That's not they said, the point. The no, point, but the is, point the is, point. is, no, 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 the, the, the point is well, she that won, it was available to look at, yeah. and maybe they didn't care. Well, Because but, let's just say they saw and they didn't care. So I think taxes are the illustrative thing to talk about this. It's one thing to be elected, which I think a large part was not to say that it wasn't a well-run campaign because it wasn't all that kind of stuff. I think a big thing that helped her was she had the D next to her name in a Trump year, when Trump is on the issue. He, you know, he's not actually on the ballot, but he's at issue. You think that matters in Woodbrook? Yeah. Do you think that matters in Woodbrook? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was there. I talked. Yeah, about that's it. why I asked him. Yeah. He talked to everybody. Yeah. That's, and look, you, you would know better than me because you're not doors. But yeah, he would actually know. He would know better than Laura probably. But when you actually, when it's in the news journal, Democrats to raise taxes by whatever, that's when you start to see, that's when push comes to shove. Well, push came to shove during the campaign a lot, and Lavelle did his best to make push come to shove as much as he possibly could. He put out at least three to four mailers a week for the last month or two of the election, Mm -hmm. and people would bring it up, and they they definitely saw the mailers, and the one thing he said is taxes, 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 taxes. He said this dozens of times that was his thing uh and we would bring it up and i would ask people and they said i don't really care because most of the people even in that rich district a lot right. of the people make under sixty thousand dollars they don't really care because their taxes aren't going to go anything they might possibly go down right yeah. so yeah see here's the thing the people that are going to get smashed with these taxes mm-hmm. because you talk about there's there's actually not enough of them but they're extremely engaged because, as Carl will nicely point out, they have an extremely well-evolved um, sense of class consciousness. <laughs> and so the small amount of people that are going to pay those taxes are extremely engaged because they don't want to pay those taxes. 
So our job is to explain to the people whose kids go to shitty schools, whose right. aunt can't get health care, whose grandfather, you know, actually was homeless for three months. Mm -hmm. Like, we convince all of those people, then we got something. Yeah. Then well, we're cooking with we're cooking a, with gas. A couple of thoughts on that. First, as a practical matter, just raising taxes on the wealthy ain't going to get you the money you need to do the things you want to do. It ain't going to fix the school system. Well, there just well, ain't I, enough I money in the wealthy I, to do this. I, of course there is. I already proposed the, the increase on the LLCs. You heard that, right? I'd propose that. <laughs> like, I, and, and, yeah. and again, you you laugh, but we're, we're allowing people to launder money through the state. You, you, you basically sort of nodded and agreed with that. Um, do you I think do, do you think we're getting our proper vigorish? Do you think getting we're getting our proper, our proper vig uh, for allowing criminals to launder money through this state? The, well, first of all, the percentage of folks who are laundering money through this thing. Okay, how about is this? Relatively do you tiny. Think, do you think we get our? Do you think we get our our kick and our envelope is 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 not light? I think our envelope's light for allowing people to skirt um, disclosure and tax laws here. I don't and get know. and get and get a very let's just say they get a very sweetheart deal. I don't know that that's what the question is. The question is, at what point when you do you think we get enough? Do you think for what we offer, whatever well, you think it is that we offer? So, here, but here's the question: Do at you think we get paid enough for at it? At some point, when you raise that fee that they're paying, you scare them all away from the state, Good. and then you're not they getting. Gotta go. Then you're not getting any money. Good. They got to go. I. You see, and this is people. where I think so you, you so and the vast majority of Delaware. I don't pay different. ransom. I don't pay ransom. But I don't. I, I'm not a ransom guy. I, I, you, this is a Carney. This is what Carney has told you at the editorial board, and this is another <laughs> thing that pisses me off: the idea that this ten percent of people mm -hmm. or this money is—they're going to run away, right. and we're all going to be doomed because they don't—they just can't do it. I mean, they need these. No, that's. You think that this uh, is this huge? It's going to go away. These people are they're going to capital flight. This was the big Brexit thing. So right. There's going to be this capital flight out of mm -hmm. London. I mean, there's ways you can protect that actually, and you you try to implement. Yep. You know, you try to implement things to extract more out of that, in in a way that you're going to get it. Yeah. But ultimately, ultimately, if somebody leaves a place because they don't want to pay more uh, more ransom. Mm -hmm. Or they don't want to, you know, they don't they don't want to pay more vig to the fucking casino. Right. Fuck those people. So uh, two things on that. The first is that I'm in sort of a weird position on this because I and the editorial board both are like very much in favor of beneficial ownership and cleaning up the LLC system. Like good. Well, that's like, good to that's, know. Yeah, like we when the Panama Papers thing happened, I was actually a reporter. Um, when that happened, we wrote a story that was basically like, look, the Panama Papers story. are happening. Delaware is the Panama of the U.S. And our editorial board very clearly came, clean, cleanly came out and said, like, we got to change this. We need beneficial ownership information to be disclosed. And if the conversation is, well, we're going to lose some money, you know, maybe that's worth it. Maybe it's worth it not to be the place where drug lords launder money. Although I think that gets overstated a little bit. So let me just, with that Caveat. Right. And again, I'm not yeah. trying to say every one of these accounts. Like, right. you know, people get their, they, you know, I know like Bill and Hillary Clinton sent their book royalties here to yeah. set up something for some tr but trust. Like, the fact but is again, that, this is how, yeah. this is, it's, it's a mechanism, even if it's not quote unquote illegal yeah. or illicit or mm -hmm. tawdry, you know, or, right. or violent or whatever. Even if it's just oligarchs getting books ghostwritten for them and then putting the funds in an account right. here for, with no taxes. Yeah. Even if it's just that, it's not good. And if we're going to do it, we need more money for it. Right. 
So this gets me to the second point that regardless of the sort of like ethics and morality of this, which we, I think, you know, I mean, we as an editorial board have said, like, we need to clean this up. The practical political consequence is if that goes away, if we chase all these people away, that's a fairly significant amount of revenue that the state loses. And you're going to either have to cut services or raise taxes. No, you, first of all, I, there's there's literally – this is a scare tactic. Mm -hmm. There's no basis or data or idea. It's just basically like if we ask for another dollar to let them do this, they're going to run away. It's just – it's a scare tactic. There's no There's no – Evidence that this okay. is what happened. So at some point, though, you are going to raise taxes or fees on somebody. They're going to go someplace else. That's of course, but they they do that yeah. now. I mean, that's just a, that's the market, right? Right. So my point is that there certainly is some amount. And look, we can have a debate about how marginally big this fee should be, right? Like I don't know in number terms how big. Frankly, it is, we it shouldn't be, be doing it at all. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, so but here's my point is. If it goes away, and we can debate whether or not it's going to go, it goes away. But if it goes away, they're going to have to raise taxes, or they're going to have to cut services. Well, they're and, raising. I mean, we're raising taxes. And, and then if, if if the if the you know however many people, if the ten thousand people that we raise taxes on, or the twenty thousand or thirty thousand people that we raise taxes on, the math on, just does not work. You can't just they, raise taxes on the wealthy and do all the things that progressives want to do in Delaware. You have to raise taxes on average middle class what's, what, what's average what, what is an average what, what do you consider that well certainly certainly more than sixty thousand dollars which is why i'm right. all for the fucking tax brackets being fixed so just a quick editor's note while the average household income in delaware is just above sixty thousand dollars uh the median personal income in delaware is around thirty three thousand dollars and that goes down substantially when you take away the uh two riches zip codes so just wanted to put that on the record. Yeah, I mean, there should but, be there there should be met, there should be several brackets. There should be yeah. Yeah, sure. look, I and mean, this I'm, is this is I'm the one. Look, anybody to be perfectly honest, yeah. I'll be perfectly honest with anybody making less than a hundred grand. I don't think should pay any more taxes than they already pay. Yeah, so this is anybody making more than two hundred and fifty grand should probably mm -hmm. be paying at least ten percent more. So I'm gonna get this number wrong. Kowalko's tax plan. The it's last 60, time what's story, the other bracket? Like, like 250 60... or something? I'm going to bring it up real quick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. While we're, you know I what? love having a researcher here, man. This <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. This is the good stuff. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll read this next thing and yeah. then while he does this, because this yeah. is pretty interesting, too, because uh, Beauchamp says, despite that substantial view, do you think that instead of freaking out about the leftists at the gates, it's smarter to side with them to treat them as political coalition partners? Mm -hmm. Our current bunch of leftists are wonderful people. As far as leftists are concerned, well, that's pretty funny. I got it. I'll give that's them. A pretty, I that's a pretty great line. That's pretty good. <laughs> they're social democrats. They're strong believers in democracy. That's that's accurate. What he said. That's why. That's why that joke's okay because the second, the next yep. comment was right. They're very strong believers in fair distribution of wealth. They can little use a little more about education about what's likely to work and what's not. I disagree with that because they he doesn't understand what we're doing. Uh, but they're people. Uh, but they're people who uh, are very. We're very. We are very, very lucky to have on our side. That's especially opposed to the people on the other side who are very, very strange indeed. You listen to uh, never Trump conservatives like Tom Nichols or Bruce Bartlett or Bill Crystal or David Frum talk about all the people they have been with in meetings, biting their tongues for the past twenty-five years, and your reaction can only be, "Well, why didn't you run away screaming into the night long ago?" You know, again, this this is the thing. Like, there's this there's this uh, discontinuity with the past. Like, we see the status quo and we see 
Carney and Carper, and 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 somehow and 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 Clinton too. Again, people don't want to face this idea, but the reason politically that a lot of this stuff is happening is because what you're arguing for, we did it. We did it. I mean, we did it good. We did it pedal to the metal. I mean, we couldn't do it. We capital. We capitalism the shit out of it. I mean, Tom Friedman. Tom Thomas Friedman pushed the world flat. Yeah. And Francis Fukuyama said it was the end. We did it. Right. Hooray, everybody! We did it. We yeah. did it. Well, guess what? We didn't do it. And so, it just seems to me that making the arguments of of a Clinton or an Obama or George H. W. Bush or whatever, like. Francis Fukuyama. Yeah. Like, we didn't do it. Yeah. It so, was wrong. So, well, no, but here's my thing is you need, there's a difference between we didn't, like, obviously it's moronic to say it was the end of history and we fixed everything. Like, no. But, again, I'm a little older than you. Yeah. And I remember before I read the book, right. I read the, the review and I remember where I was in my house in Newark. I read the review in a, in a Sunday book review in the New York Times. It's Fukuyama, I'm like. All right. I mean, I guess I guess we're done. I don't <laughs> I know. We're done. Like as he's saying, we're done. Like you don't know what the you don't know what the what the uh, reaction was when it came out. Right. And I am certainly not arguing that we're anywhere near the end of history. What I'm arguing is there was meaningful progress that was made in the Clinton years and in the Obama years. And look. There was a lot of horrible stuff that happened in the Bush years, but we made a hell of a lot of progress on AIDS. There are things that happened during the Bush years that were not terrible, too. And so I the, I guess the expectation here is, Again, if the bar is, is did is... we fundamentally transform society? No. But did we make a lot of good happen? Then yeah. Well, let me read the next uh, yeah. thing, because this is actually pretty good. Uh, so this is Beauchamp asking a question. Yeah. I don't know if what you're describing is a long running reconfiguration of American politics, an emergency alliance with the left to stop an out-of-control right, or both. How would you describe the conditions that have pushed you towards a more left-oriented position, mm -hmm. that's a little weird, uh, than you had before? Here's what he says. I'd say we learned a lot more about the world. Mm -hmm. I could be confident in 2005 that recession stabilization should be res the responsibility of the Federal Reserve. You look at something uh, like laser eye surgery or rapid technological progress in hearing aids, and you can think that keeping the market in the most innovative parts of healthcare is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So something like insurance plus exchange system would be a good thing for America to have as a whole. It's much harder to believe all those things now. That's one part of it. The world appears to be more like what lefties thought it was than what I thought it was for the last 10 or 15 years. The other part is that while I would like to be part of a political coalition in the cat seat, able to call for bids from the left and the right about who wants to be part of a governing coalition to actually get things done, that's simply not possible as of now. Yeah, so a couple of thoughts on that. The first is that in a similar notion to what I was talking about before, did Obamacare entirely fix, do we have a world-class healthcare system that everybody loves now? No. Did it put hundreds of thousands of people more on health insurance? Did it make insurance more affordable for a lot of people who needed to be more affordable? Yeah. And so I think some of this comes down to leftists expect government programs to do a lot more, more quickly than most of America, in my view, because of course everybody thinks America agrees with them, um, than most Americans do. Well, I think people don't think about it in those terms. They think I cannot pay my premiums this month. What the hell am I gonna do? And they mm -hmm. will look for whatever, whoever in their view is offering the most, maybe not comprehensive, but most immediate and realistic solution. 
And that's why it's a weird thing where like Medicare for all pulls popular, but other things also pull popular. It's not people don't really think about it that much. Like, you know, if well, you're working three shifts, you're not having a lot of time to think about the intricacies of healthcare funding. Yeah, but I mean, people, no, like I don't disagree with that. At all. People will react to whatever they see as the most helpful and realistic thing that is given to them. And if you have an actual plan for say single payer healthcare as we've seen that is actually quite popular yeah and yeah, I, I, I don't know like people throw out it's it, it's funny you, you put the perfect phrase like put it in those terms like there's a there's a stat out and i think it's probably you know I, i've seen it everywhere so i i wish i could source it but yeah. <laughs> like 40 40 percent of americans don't have like 400 dollars for an emergency mm-hmm. car breaks down the roof right. gets a leak whatever that 400 bucks <clears throat> how many was it was the 40 percent right now, how do those 40% frame that situation? I mean, anxiety is probably real high. Um, the, you know, the, the work and the stress, who, who knows if they have kids, whatever. But mm-hmm. the thing is, what we're talking about is how does that person frame that situation? Right. Now, I think our analysis and story and, 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 and study shows that we could actually talk to that person and try to say, you know, frame that in a way like this is actually what's happening yeah. to you. Like, you know, you only make $8 an hour. That's not really fair. Um, you know, you didn't get this one thing. That's not really fair. You you know, your, your parents didn't leave you a lot of money because when, you're, when, your right. grand, when your grandparents came from Mississippi and came to Chicago, they could only live in three neighborhoods and, mm-hmm. and pay high interest loans. Um, when you start telling those people those stories... Yeah. Um, you can actually make, you can change the electorate. And you don't have to worry about who's a Democrat today, and you don't have to worry about what rich people will do. Right. Because the whole the whole body politic is completely different. And there's a, and, and again, that's 40% of, of, mm-hmm. of the U.S. Um, I would bet that a lot of those people voted for Donald Trump. They, they Maybe they did. And a lot of them voted for Barack Obama and yeah. the kind of politicians or the kind of messaging that appealed to those people is also they're the kind of people who would vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, and, and let me ask you this. How many of that 40% of, of the population, how many of them do you think didn't vote? That's that's, that's the probably the plurality, at least. Yeah. yeah. And so, to me, look, I'm all for higher voter turnout. If you can engage voters who are not engaged, um, all the more power to you. If you have a message that resonates with them and that you're trying to talk to them in a way that other people haven't, then all the more power to you. My skepticism is that those are people who you're going to be able to speak to with a Medicare for all plan or a, you know, universal basic income or Green New Deal. I just don't see those people as engaged enough that that kind of stuff's going to resonate with them. Now, if you build like a grassroots movement, you're out knocking on doors and you're, you know, all that kind of stuff, maybe. But that's, that's an awfully big hill to climb. Well, yeah, it's definitely a project, and that's why, you know, we aren't there yet, and that's why people are working on it, and that's why you have groups like Network Dell or Dell Reunited and more popping up every day, more people get involved every day. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, we've talked about it. It's not a a moment. It's a movement. It's not one election cycle. And so you have to frame those stories. There's a political aspect to it. Yeah. Certainly. So, And the political thing sort of goes on an election cycle because that's how you – get political power mm-hmm. but there's a lot of it that isn't like that and, right. and should and and needs to be and it's more productive to be framed in a different way so i'm not 
I think it's important to challenge Carper and Coons and right. Carney, but I'm not necessarily looking to that. I'm, that that's important for different reasons. For mm-hmm. actually, for non, okay. not necessarily political reasons. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of that's the there's a, there's a bigger perspective. Right. That's what I think. Do you guys want to hear some Delaware taxation fun facts? Yes, please. <laughs> Delaware let's, taxation. So this fun is going to be this is the perfect way to end. Let's let's, <laughs> let's do let's do some fun facts. Yes. So. Uh, Delaware is unique in the amount of revenue that it gets from licensing. So most states have an average of about 4 to 5, maybe 6% of licenses, and that's usually business licenses, similar things, fishing licenses, you know, random stuff. Uh, Whereas Delaware gets 41% of its revenue from licenses. So it is a lot of revenue from licenses. And because of that, we only get about 15.3% from sales and gross receipt tax because we don't have a sales tax. Right. Um, Currently, right now, the top income bracket... In Delaware is $60,000, and people pay 6.6% on income of over that amount. Whereas Qualco's bill, at least as it was last year, created two new tax brackets. One of it was at $125,000, and that taxed at a rate of 7.1%, and the additional bracket at $250,000 taxed at 7.85%. So they're pretty modest increases. And again, based on everything that we talked about, and sort of yep. some of the things that could be addressed just with modest, mm-hmm. like everybody laughs at Kowalko. Ha 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 ha. You just heard it, right? Yep. That's what he proposed last yep. week. Do you think that that's a? Do you think that's radical? Um, no, but you know why you don't think it's radical? Because it's not, not radical. radical. <laughs> Sorry, you're good. I got you. It's a trick. It was a trick question. Yeah, see. Very good. Um, no, but look, I don't laugh at Kowalka other than when he says, you know, funny stuff. Um, He's a funny guy. Which he does constantly. He's a fucking funny dude. My issue with Kowalko is that Kowalko yells and screams every time there's somebody he disagrees with and he has been discounted by that fact. He makes no attempt to persuade. Yeah, but not everybody's uh, to do that. Like, here's the thing. Like, what I'll do. I'll 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 bring it full circle. We just listened to the the, the details of it, right? And uh, you, you said it's not radical. Yeah. But because people are down there to play patty cake and grab ass and get into pictures with the governor, they don't want him yelling at them. They're like, look, the governor's signing this, uh, you know, 21-year-old vape thing today, and I'm going to be in that fucking picture next to the fucking right. podium. Like, the fact that people are worried about that is why they don't like Kowalko yelling at them. So the reason they don't like it is the reason he needs to keep doing it. Look, you're certainly not going to hear me say that there aren't too many lawmakers who are down there for the photo op and the social aspect of it because there i mean there are there are lots of guys down there who don't lots of guys and a couple of gals mostly guys who who have who never women really, are better we've we've, esta- yeah, we've already established that in earlier episodes. they never <laughs> they never really offer substantive legislation you know they're basically there to be a lawmaker not to make laws so you're not going to hear me argue that that's not the case however there are people who are out there who are really trying to make good laws who Kowalko turns off because he's constantly raging at anybody who disagrees with him. Well, I, don't, I, I would question how good their laws would be if Kowalko's <laughs> pissed off at them. No, really, I know yeah, it sounds funny, but like yeah. if he's mad at them, yeah. I, then I would kind of question how, how right. good those laws must be. Right. That's... He's my barometer. <laughs> he's the spirit animal of this podcast. Well, yeah. also you have, um, you have people who are coalition builders and you also have people yes. who are coalition movers. And so you see when like, uh, when AOC introduced the Green New Deal, suddenly mm-hmm. the moderate, like the thing that uh, Republicans are saying that they were certainly not saying a few years ago was, like, oh, we need to have a carbon tax now. 
that it came out in a way that had not come out before that. And so when you move the window, it may not mm-hmm. get that individual law passed, but it does change what people think of as possible. Well, and look, I don't want to sound like I'm just dunking on Kowalko here because I absolutely think Delaware in particular could use more politicians who are willing to call other politicians out. We're working on it. <laughs> but um, there, there's, it's sort of like there's a, there's a balance to be walked between sometimes speaking hard truths and also sometimes compromising with people who disagree with you. Yeah. Again, am I, am I endorsing every, you know, every interaction Kowalko has or no, I'm not. (laughs) What I'm saying is that serves a purpose. You know, do you have to, I mean, and this is, this is actually pretty crazy coming from me, but do you have to act like have to do this shtick all the time? (laughs) Like I don't go to every family. Like I don't go to Sunday. I don't go to Sunday lunch and fucking talk like this to my mother-in-law, you know? Like it's just you know yeah. it's for certain. I get I I get that. Yeah. Get look. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I gotta thank you for coming in, man. Yeah, I hope no I hope you had a good time. Yeah. Um, I kind of dig this because everybody does sort of dig when when, when we kind of go out when people go back and yeah. forth. There's like disagreement. Look, we, we, Sometimes it's a big fucking you know it's a circle jerk in yeah. here. So I, I look, get it. We disagree with each other on a lot of stuff. I think that it's important to and one of the things that I think Delaware needs to learn how to do is to go and talk to people who disagree with you. Um, can I just get a plug real quick? Yeah, of course. Yeah, go ahead. Um, letters at DelawareOnline.com. Know letters that email at, address. Yeah. Memorize that email address. We are always looking for people to write letters, to submit op-eds. My man RE here has written a couple of op-eds that were really good. Um, we get op-eds from all over the political spectrum. We're particularly making a push right now to get op-eds from a more diverse group of people than we normally get. Um, I mean, look, I'll be honest. We got too many old, rich, white people writing op-eds for us, and we're trying to change that. No shit. Uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, I, th- there's no arguing that. Um, I'm doing op-ed clinics. I'm, this is a thing we're starting up in the past couple months. I did our first one a couple of weeks ago at um, a Latin language charter school um, to talk with some folks in the Hispanic community about how can we get more of your voices in the newspaper. Here's how you submit an op-ed. Let's get over the hurdles of getting in the newspaper. Um, so we, we very much are try, out here trying to get people's voices in the newspaper. So letters at DelawareOnline.com or my email is mallbright at DelawareOnline.com. Very simple stuff. Yeah, cool. And, and you know, we're always, uh, we talk about a lot of you guys' reporting. Mm-hmm. We talk about the op, we, we shit on an op-ed a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> that was fun. Um, but again, like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm always sincerely telling people they need to subscribe to the news journal they need to get engaged because it's a thing mm-hmm. you disagree with matt you do, you know i disagree with matt i think it's goofball or whatever or you know you don't like this 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 right. reporter's not tough enough and this reporter's great but the fact of the matter is you need to be engaged you need to follow what's happening or else you're just lost so you, you, you got to get in you got to get involved gotcha. so well thanks, well, thanks for the man. invitation nice to come in the bunker no nah, this is what we do man <laughs> left is best ciao everybody <laughs>